Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. Chris, what are we listening to? That's uh, It Takes Two, original version by Marvin Gaye and Kim Weston, in honor of the two wins the Grizzlies took this weekend to start their road trip. I know it's not exactly a high bar to, to get across, but... That's the best weekend they've had this year, right? Or this season, I should say. Not you know, not to give the cop out of well, twenty twenty four, but it feels like the best weekend they've had in, in a that, in a very that is long my time. that is my thought, and I may well assert that in print later today. I I spent my morning taking a kid to school and taking a dog to the vet, so I haven't sat down to Good verify boy. that claim, but I believe that claim is true. What'd you like? Well, I, where do you start? I mean, there, there was so much to like. I, I, I think, I mean, the Lakers game was a little bit of an exorcism just because yeah. they, had, they had gotten humiliated in that building last time I think they were there in April. Um, and so to get that win um, really does a lot for, for the morale, I think. Um, and then the Phoenix game is the best win they've gotten. If, that's, if the Phoenix game is not the best win of the season, maybe the Lakers one is. The Phoenix game is definitely the best win of the season without John Morant. Yeah. Um, and, and to me, like, Jared Jackson and Vince Williams are sort of like my headlines. But to sort of answer your question, sort of what you like, I sort of turn to Marcus Smart in the sense that I think – and I think both these games will end up being more anomalies than, like, regular occurrences. Right. But these, these two games separately were the best-case scenario portraits in two different ways of what you want Marcus Smart to be on offense. The Lakers game was the best-case scenario of Marcus Smart off the ball, playing alongside Morant and Bain. And the Phoenix game was the best-case scenario of Marcus Smart as a fill-in point guard. And so, like, I don't know if you're going to get games like that in those roles again, but th- that those were sort of the, the, the best-case that you could envision of him in those roles. You sort of saw what that looked like over the weekend. Yeah, and I think that's kind of what it – what made it a little difficult for me to determine whether or not like this is something sustainable, real, however you want to say it. I, Friday night's fun. Like we watch sports to be entertained, and th- that was two pieces of entertainment that were that were spectacular. But I did find myself wondering, like, how much of this is, you know, proof of concept that this team, this team, is you know, they kept talking about on the broadcast or at least the national broadcast, like. When healthy, this team's a contender. And it's like, okay, how much of that is true versus, man, the Grizzlies shot the ball from three better than we've seen. Listen, I felt like even yesterday, yeah, the, the percentage wasn't great, but when you consider they doubled them up from three, like how much of that was the was the determining factor? Well, yeah, I mean, the three-point shooting was an anomaly in the Lakers game. I will say, 
I, I, you know, I don't know who said that, whether that was Pete or Brian or whatever. Like, you know, it's healthy and contender. It, or whatever, it was, uh, it was Doc, actually. Or no, I'm sorry. Okay. Breen, Breen was the one that was saying that when healthy, they're contenders. And Doc was like, this is the Marcus Smart. This is the Marcus Smart that they traded for. Uh, I will say, I, I don't know whether they're, they're factoring in Brandon Clark, Stephen Adams, and yeah. that, that claim. To me, if you put, and I, I've sort of been saying this, I'll say it again. If you put Stephen, if you put pre-injury Stephen Adams and Brandon Clark on this team and restart the season from zero to zero zero record, I think this is. I think it is a contender. But you can't do either of those things this season. You can't. You can't restart at zero and zero. You got to start from six and nineteen and climb back. And you're not going to get Stephen Adams. And so I, I do think the, the, that that this team is a contender if you can do both of those things. And we'll see if next season they can do that. For right now, they're short of that. Um, but I think, yeah, are they going to shoot that well again? No. But, but I mean, they did more good things than just the three-point shoot in the Lakers game. And then the, the Suns game, they got they shot 34%. They shot like a you know, normal kind of, yeah. kind of, kind of way. Um, I think there was a lot of good that came out of this. Will Marcus Smart have games that good again? Not regularly. I mean, he's had big three-point shooting games before in his career. He's a career 32% three-point shooter. Like, that's what he is. He's been shooting 26% for the Grizzlies. So he's been a little bit underwater in terms of his norm. Um, the kind of game he had against the Suns. He's had those before. He'll have them again. It won't be the norm. But I think Marcus Smart has been playing below his capability offensively for the Grizzlies for a lot of this season. So if those two, two games are above the norm, a lot of what he's done is in below the norm. And so your average Marcus Smart is going to be better than what it's been before this weekend. And I think with Marcus, another factor for me that's kind of made it difficult to make a an assessment is the fact that okay he gets the role that originally they bring him in for where he's having to play you know lead point guard as your starter well that wasn't what they brought him in for then he gets hurt and then the last couple of weeks even with Ja he has the hand injury so it's like how right. much of the, the the poor shooting that you're referencing how much of that is his hand hurts versus you know he at times he is a clearly a streaky shooter and streaky in the bad direction. I think that's what's made it been so difficult to kind of like properly assess. Yeah, no, it, it hasn't settled in. And just because the ideal, just because the, the the concept of Marcus Smart on the Grizzlies has not fully manifested, does not mean it won't. This weekend it did, and so we'll see going forward. But just because it had not manifested at this point, does not mean it was not going to. I think the concept is still sound. The concept of he's your lead defender playing off the ball and then he can play on the ball when you need him to as sort of a backup fill-in point guard. I think the concept is all sound. It's just a matter of whether you actually get the execution from it. And it had been mostly no until this weekend. It was yes in like a huge major all-caps, bright neon letters way this weekend. We'll see where it settles. Do you have a theory, half-baked, baked, anything, why why Dez shoots the ball better on the road? Because I, I cannot figure it out. I actually have not looked at his home road split, so I don't I don't have I don't necessarily put much stake into that. I don't put much stake into the Grizzlies' better road record than home record this season. I think if you dig into that, it's schedule related and and you know who's available and who's not in games related more than anything else. So I don't I'm wary of putting too much stock in home road stuff, honestly. One thing that I did think was interesting yesterday is towards the end of the end of the 25 game suspension when Ja when they they knew Ja's not on the floor it felt lifeless 
Yesterday, it felt like Jaws not on the floor, but it was almost like that was galvanizing. It gave them a lift. Did you feel that way, or did you think, hey, they just, you know, they came out and they popped, you know, they... I felt like there were several moments where maybe the Suns felt like they were going to blow them out, and then the the Grizzlies just didn't let it happen. When you kind of like when you when you took a look at that, how did you feel about it? Yeah, I mean, maybe coming off that Laker win, like gave them a little boost of confidence. Yeah, I, I think I think Ja coming back and the start they they got off to like gives them a, a renewed sense of purpose in terms of this season getting the play in. On the other hand, like, you know, we weren't saying this when they, when they lost at home to, to Toronto. Yeah. There, there's, there's been a little bit of a, when the Grizzlies lose a game, everyone wants to fire Taylor Jenkins and fire Zach Kleiman and blow it up and, like, you know, get mad. And then when they win a game, it's like exultation, here we go, we're a contender again. Yeah. It feels a little, a little, a little, um, little roller coasterish in terms of the emotions around the Grizzlies. Um, I, I think, I think when, when reasonably healthy, I think they're good. And I think, like I said, Jeff and I said this, like, I think they're going to have a winning record the rest of the way, you know, since Josh returned. We'll assume that Josh stays returned. We'll see about that. Um, but I still think that, like, you know, that, 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 that the real opportunity comes next season. What do you make of, of Josh? He comes out in the sling, kind of cryptic uh, on the, the updates and whatnot. How do you kind of see it? I'm, I'm going to try to wait and see on this one and not presuppose too much. I, I, you know, I think I think the sling is a is a things that make you things that make you say hmm kind of moment. Yeah, see him in the sling, and I think the comments of Taylor Jenkins and we'll know more in a couple of days. Um, that tells me like maybe it's just a day to day soreness thing, but it certainly just seems like there's a possibility that's more than that. And I, I, I'm gonna try to hold my powder on that and wait and see instead of trying to you know ask based on based on pretty much nothing about what what's going on. Yeah, it feels like the the options could be, hey, it to your point, could be day to day, or it could be, hey, we're waiting on imaging and you know the the MRIs right. and whatnot. But I was trying to think, we've seen Ja miss games, but have we ever seen him like have like the like arm in a sling or in a boot? Like I, I feel like normally when we see him miss games, like we don't we don't have some visual where you're like, oh, I don't need to see that. Yeah, not that I can think of. I mean, he had, you know, the summer before his, his rookie year, he had like a, a knee procedure. Yeah. Um, I, most of his other stuff has been like more like sprained ankle kind of stuff. And so, yeah, we'll see. What do you make of Jaron recently? I mean, is it, are, are we falling into the trap of he's making three, so therefore you're just like, oh my God. But it's just like, I don't know. It feels different. It feels like he's playing at an incredibly high level. Yeah, I mean, it's a long season. He'll have good games, he'll have bad games. But he has taken a step forward offensively. The three-point shooting will fluctuate. Um, and it's back to, like, you know, is he, right now it's back to his, his career average, which is 35%. And so you have your ups, you have your downs, and, it, 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 you know, it settles into that sort of, at this point, what he seems to be, which is good for a big man. It's not great, but it's good for a big man. But he's really taken a step forward, like a real step forward this season, as an isolation, like, you know, one-on-one off the dribble scorer, as a post scorer, and as a passer. I mean, six assists was a career high. And he is not – passing is not a strength of his. It's still a weakness. But it has improved a lot. And it's not that he's making flashy or creative passes. He's not, like, creating something out of nothing. He's just making basic stuff. Like, you see, he, he's, he's seen more double, and in some cases last night, triple teams. He's making the basic reads and moving the ball. And – 
That's simple stuff, and maybe it should have happened before year six. But it is important when he's seeing that much defensive attention, and it's starting to happen. And he's just become a much, much better offensive player um, in terms of an all-around offensive player. And, you know, there'll still be nights where, like, he, you know, he's not finishing at the rim. He's still not explosive off the floor offensively. So he'll have good nights and bad nights. But on the whole, like, you know, he's over 20 points a game this year. Assist rates are career high. And he's, he's creating more on his own than he ever has before. And all of that is real. The other thing that I, w- I was trying to think about, because if I go back to Friday night, it's like, all right, the Lakers at the end of the first quarter – Felt like they were pulling away, and it's like, all right, here comes the second quarter. This is where the the Lakers will knock them out. And lo and behold, the Grizzlies in the second quarter not only held their own, like they they really closed the second quarter strong and get the game to a one-point game at half. Last night, kind of the same thing. Is it possible they're fixing these second quarters by fixing rotations? It could be. It could be. I mean, I'd have to d- dig into that a little bit more. I did notice in the Lakers game, i just written about, like, rotation patterns. And in the first half of the Lakers game, they did exactly what I wrote about. Like, exactly. Yeah. Like, they're like, like they subbed out in the first quarter, and they played uh, Bain, Kennard, uh, Jackson, Aldama, Smart. And then when they came back in, they came in with Job, Biombo, and Zaire. It was the exact substitution pattern I wrote about. It actually didn't work out that great initially, but I think that's because LeBron James and Anthony Davis were rolling at yeah. that point and sort of kept on rolling. But I still think it was sound. Um, I think one of the things they've done, you saw it like when they closed out against Phoenix, is they've just scaled down small. They, they've just said that we're playing our best players. And Biombo, Biombo played okay. He played actually a lot off the bench last night. But beyond Biombo is extremely limited. Tillman has been disappointing. I think the biggest disappointment is Aldama. He's really he's really been disappointing lately, and they just scaled all the way down. And, and so you, I think the last two games they're playing more, you know, four guards and wings with Jaron, which is not ideal. But that's how you put your best players on the floor. And I think the the fact that Vince Williams can rebound like a power forward sort of helps that work, and Marcus Smart can defend power forwards. Do you have a do you have a reason for Santi being like? being disappointed because like on the one hand it's like well maybe he's not a great fit but then the other times it's like I don't know that there's been so many opportunities and it just doesn't feel like it doesn't even feel like that there's even been like a ton of flashes like maybe there's been a here and there a night where he shot pretty well but it's just like I never feel like it's like in back-to-back games yeah he was good in that game against the Spurs at home last week um I think I think they finished with him and he was good off the bench I, I, you know, I think players struggle sometimes, especially young players struggle. Um, you know, you think a young player is broken through and then they regress and like it's sort of an up and down journey. And I, I think Santi is, you know, he's on the whole, his numbers look a lot like they did last season. But to me, that lack of step forward is itself a disappointment. Yeah. And so I, I think there's been an opportunity for him to really seize with, with Clark and Adams out and with Biombo and Tillman both players who really should be third stringers on a good team. Yeah. There's a real opportunity for Santi and he has not been he's not been grabbing it, that's for sure. What is what's the appropriate usage of Vince Williams right now? Because to me it's almost like when we talk about getting your best players on the floor, it's like that he's included in that group that's right it. now. Yeah. That's it. The best usage for Vince Williams is just put, keep him on the floor as much as possible. That dude played thirty four minutes off the bench. Taylor Jenkins in the past didn't, wouldn't even play his stars 34 minutes. Yeah. 
And, and that's not the first time that's happened with Vince Williams. I, I'd have to go back and look at it. But I think he's played 30-plus minutes off the bench a lot this season. He's the kind of guy who you just always want him on the floor because like, he doesn't – it's not like he's going to have – like a bad game for him is he goes one for five. Yeah. It's not, it's not, it's not two or 14 or whatever. And so he just defends and he rebounds and he gets deflections and makes winning plays and he ties stuff together and he lets your stars, you know, take all the shots. And he's just, I, I you know, he's the kind of guy who can be the fourth or fifth, fifth best player on a team, but you may want to play him 40 minutes just because he, he works in every lineup and he sort of, he sort of just fits in. So to me, the best role for him is just is being on the floor as much as possible. How would that impact the roster crunch? Well, I mean, I, I think there's some sorting that needs to happen. And I, I, I think, you know, I, Roddy and LaRavia, I, yeah, I, I still don't know if it's going to come back around to them. Maybe it does, maybe it doesn't. You know, I think Conchar is fine. It's like a guy at the end of your bench who sometimes he plays and sometimes he doesn't. But yeah. you want to, like, you can get off of him and not pay him. Like, maybe you want to do that. I think Zaire Williams is sort of poking his head back up. And I think that's welcome. I'm not ready to declare like like he's back or he's whatever, but like you know, it's welcome to see. Um, and so, and then you have the Kennard question, like you know, is a shooter like Caliber or a roster that struggles with shooting? You would think you know he's important to keep around, but you know he wasn't closing the game. Vince Williams and Zaire were both out there, not Kennard. And so I think Kennard, I think I think Williams is a guy they need to give, they need to elevate to the main roster, give a multi-year contract. And I think he is the fourth perimeter player on this team right now behind Morant, Bain, and Smart. I think they should lock him in, and then he's no longer subject to the sorting. And the rest, like, you know, I think at least two of those other guys will probably need to go before next season. Yeah, I was trying to figure out, like, with Luke, didn't it feel like it was more of a defensive issue? You know what I mean? That's kind of, I felt like that was why it's just, yeah. But but that's a part of the floor. Right. That, that, that's, that's kind of part of the deal is that even, I mean, you know, there was one game, I think it was the Raptors game where he wasn't making shots. So he's not helping you if he's not making shots. Yeah. But he was making shots in that game and he still like Taylor Jenkins made the decision he made. I think, you know, it looks like the correct decision. And so, you know, the Canard thing is interesting to see someone you plan for next season, or is that a contract you're trying to use in a trade? I don't know. Well, I think the other kind of, the other thing that's interesting is, in your mind, is there a way to address the front court, particularly the five, that is beyond just you know trying to like because we've talked about it. We don't think that they're going to make a rental, but I could if if you presented me with a situation where maybe they get a rental and it gives them cap space, like I think that that like I'm not ruling that out, but to me it's like I don't know how they make a decision to you know to fix that to fix that position in particular that doesn't involve them, you know, moving on from either Steven Adams or Brandon Clark, if not both. Yeah. Yeah. I guess what I would say, when I say like, I don't think they're going to do a rental or to to sort of take on that language. I don't think they're going to do a costly rental. You know, like, like I don't, I, I wouldn't rule out them bringing in someone who would only help for this year, but I don't think they're giving up, you know, a lightly protected first round pick or like, like real future value to do that. Yeah. Um, you know, could they bring in someone who who costs more with the idea that you're going to keep them next season? And then you go into the summer and you realize you got to sort this out now because now you got this new guy and Steven Adams and Brandon Clark or whatever. I think all that's possible. I, I think, but I, I do think 
maybe they address the center situation in some significant way this season. I think it's more than likely it's something that you go into the summer needing to make a decision about. And and there's there's multiple ways that could go. I mean, it could, we're, so we're thinking about this in terms of veterans. You, you're going to have a draft pick in the middle of the first round in yeah. a draft that seems to have a lot of big men in it. So, like, one scenario is, like, you come back to Steven Adams, but you, you draft a center, like, you know, with the mid-first-round pick, and you're hoping, like, you know, Steven Adams is good enough next season to ease the new guy in kind of thing. There's lots of different ways you could go with that. Have you gotten – you saw him, I know, in person last year, but everyone keeps saying Zach Eady's moving up draft boards, and I've watched enough college basketballs. Like, he's the same player he's always been – is there, like, a legitimate role for him in the in the NBA? Because I still see the same thing. It's like, okay, he's very skilled, but he doesn't move particularly well, and, like, I don't know how much he can stay on the floor. Yeah, I read something recently about him, that, that I, and I haven't watched enough this season to really have a firm opinion. Um, I did see him last season. He looks – I can that, tell you this. That, that he looks he, the same. He, well, I mean, I read something that says he's slimmed down a little bit and he's moving a little bit better. But the clips I saw, like, he still looked a little slow if you get him on an island in a pick and roll. Yeah. And so I am skeptical that he is more than a backup center in the NBA, I yeah. would say. I'm, I'm skeptical of that. And so, I mean, I need to watch a lot more when it comes draft time, and my, my opinions are very much subject to change. But I would say right now I am skeptical about him in the, the kind of range where the Grizzlies are likely to be picking. All right, switching up for you before we let you go. The Golden Globes were back. I know it's your favorite award show. Um, well, it's different now. It, I, it's no longer the Hollywood Press Association, Hollywood Foreign, Foreign Press. Press yes, is, of course. Which, which was a made-up, like, ridiculous organization that was finally exposed and no longer exists. It is now a Dick Clark production. Did you, So I had it with no sound on. I will say it seemed like they were trying to make it more legitimate from what I could tell. Is, is that a decent read? I mean... Yeah, they're, they're they're trying to get away from all the scandal stuff that yeah. happened with the Hollywood Foreign Press. But I mean, the reality is, the Golden Globes is just is is a, is, is a made for TV event that's designed to put celebrities in a room and get you to watch it on television. The awards don't really matter. It's, I mean, to some degree, they they matter with the Oscars. Like the Oscars is like a real thing. Golden Globe is just a TV show to get celebrities in a win, in a room. That's like all it is. Which is fine if you want to watch celebrities in a room. More power to you. But like, I the awards to me don't mean anything. Yeah, uh, to me it's like, all right, well, it still is like, I don't, I don't even really know. I never felt tempted to, if you know what, I'm going to move this, I'm going to move this over and watch it with sound. Like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, I, I was like, I was glad to see, I'm a Killian Murphy fan. I was like, I'm glad to see him get some shine. I, I, I don't, I haven't seen enough of the other movies to know if he's going to be an actual Oscar contender, but like, I would like to live in a world where Killian Murphy wins an Oscar. That seems likely, I would say. All right. That makes me feel a little better. Chris, I really appreciate it. Thank you for your time. Thanks. That is Chris Harrington of the Daily Memphian. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.